Successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go, even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation with Jason Grill on 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Appreciate listening as well on GrillNationShow.com today and via podcast at iTunes. Uh, great show so far. Great show today. We're excited to have on two really great guests. Uh, just really good people here in Kansas City. Our first guest today will be Joel Goldberg from Fox Sports Kansas City. Our, he's a uh, typical contributor to Grill Nation. Is always there to answer our questions about what's going to happen this year with the Kansas City Royals, but also like to talk to Joel. He's been doing a lot this offseason with the Missouri Mavericks, which will now be known as the Kansas City Mavericks next year, as well as uh, he did some work with UMKC Basketball, too, and just is very active around Kansas City, so it's always good to catch up with him. I want to talk to him about uh, some of the things he's been up to, as well as get into uh, the Royal season, which is about to begin here in a few weeks. Also on the show today is uh, Tori Fugate with KC Pet Project. She is the Director of Marketing and Development. Just a great, great person, and they've got some really cool things happening with regards to a election on April 4th for a new animal shelter. Uh, that would be question three. If you live in Kansas City, Missouri, you are able to vote on April 4th. And one of the questions is involving a new animal shelter for Kansas City, Missouri. And Tori, uh, I've adopted an, a, a dog from KC Pet Projects. is just a great person with a wealth of knowledge about animals and about all the different things that go on at the KC Pet Project and why it's important that they uh, get new facilities. Uh, they have very outdated facilities. And we'll get into all of that with Tori in the third and fourth segments today after we talk to Joel Goldberg. I want to thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Our title sponsors of the show are Trust, Bank of Kansas City, and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink. Also contributors to the show are Ryan Maybe with The Rieger KC and Jay Rieger & Co., Kansas City Power and Light District, and Reactor Design Studios and Clifton Alexander, who is a on-air contributor and guest co-host. Thanks for your support of The Grill Nation Show. You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Okay, so let's get started today with our first guest, Joel Goldberg, Fox Sports Kansas City. Uh, he is on the phone right now. His Twitter handle is at GoldbergKC. Welcome to the show, Joel. How are you? I'm doing great. Just kind of counting down to the start of the season. I think every day everybody asks, uh, are you going to Arizona? I was already there, and uh, and I am home now for good, which... You know, when the weather's great, that's nice. When it's not, maybe you long for those warm days. But but honestly, a couple weeks to go till we get started here in the season. So I'm enjoying the time at home before the madness begins. When is the uh, when is opening day? Is that April third? April third in tropical, beautiful Minneapolis. <laughs> you know, so it starts on the road this year. That's always interesting because when you get to opening day in Kansas City. Uh, we could be seven and or what six and zero, or we could be yeah. three and three, or zero and six. Who knows? Zero oh, and six. Who knows? I mean, either way, opening day April tenth in Kansas City will will be an event. It always is, but 
the weird thing about that, and guys are used to it, but it, it becomes a little bit of a hassle after a while, I think, is that when you, uh, if it lines up right, uh, you, you could potentially have three different opening days, which means all the pomp and circumstance. I know we have one in Minnesota. Obviously, we have one at home. And then we go to Houston after Minnesota, and I'm just not sure if they open up at home before we're there or not. So there's either two or three opening days. And you know what? All of those, once you get past it, you get to the important part of playing the game, but the lead up to it is all the you know the pomp and circumstance and the the celebration, and and then you kind of then you just start start rolling. Mm-hmm. You've had a busy off season this year. You've been you've been yeah. doing all different types of things. You've been doing a lot with the Missouri Mavericks, uh, yeah, and UMKC basketball too, right? Been a blast. It's you know I've had off seasons here where I've done nothing. I've had off seasons uh, last couple of years where where I've done a bunch of things around the country and, and had to travel. And this year I, I did a lot, but it was almost all locally, which was great because it just still kept me in my own bed, uh, which which is obviously nice with all the travel I do during the season. But it also, for me, it really, I, I felt like I was involved with a couple of local organizations and teams. Uh, and, and when that's in your backyard, it becomes a lot easier to be part of that family. And so, you know, able to get down to practices, able to go up and, and visit with people, coaches, players, administration. Uh, so to be able to do that with the Mavericks on a very regular basis and, and meet all the people over there and then do the same thing with the Ruse and UMKC, is it was really nice to me just to, to kind of, you know, dip my foot into a different world and, and, uh, and be around a lot of different people from, um, from front office all the way down to fan base. Now, are you, uh, are you done with the Mavericks this year or are you still doing some games? I'm done with the Mavericks. Uh, you know, if they if they make it, and their t- their TV package for the year is done. I had to miss final game last week, so I was doing a Royals game out in Arizona. Then came back in time Saturday to uh, to do their end of the year. It's not the end of the season, but it's their end of the year uh, Mac Awards, and I was the keynote speaker for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 500 people for for that, so that was a great event. And now I'll just kind of kick back and watch as a fan, and hopefully they get in the playoffs and. If, I don't know that they'll add any TV for the playoffs or not if they do, and it happens to fall on a Royals off day. Maybe I'll get a chance to do that. But just awesome people over there and and had a chance to get to know a lot of the players, which is challenging because because of the level it's at and you know, being the minor leagues, that there's a lot of player movement on any given day, guys coming and going. Uh, but, I, but I've had a chance to get to know a lot of those, you know, younger kids that to this point even – you know, keeping in touch with some of them, it'll be it'll be kind of fun of giving some of them some of the Canadian kids grief because they all like the Blue Jays and you know they mm-hmm. they all know uh, having now lived here in Kansas City what I do for my other job and I think uh, you know I've got one one of the top defensemen on the team is from Toronto and we're up there in August so I'm going to connect with him and uh, take him to a Blue Jays Royals game and try to hide him in a corner so <laughs> not near the Royals but uh, but it's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, they changed their name for next season, Kansas City Mavericks. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, and I think that there's, you know, there there are uh, just talking to some people. There there's some worries from a few because I I know that folks out there uh, that are that are incredibly diehard fans. Um, they they want that team in independence. They want that team to stay in independence. So you know they, they they've got a lot of pride with it being Missouri. But as I tell people, and I know that the um, that the organization feels that they're they're trying to grow hockey here at the at the lowest of levels, grassroots, and build that thing up. You know, I, I know you've talked before about you know. NHL team or even getting a you know an AHL team at the next level and I you don't just just give that a try you've got to really build the infrastructure you got to have more rinks around town uh, you've got to have more kids playing 
more people involved, which leads to more interest and then corporate dollars and on and on the whole package. Mm-hmm. And so I know that what they want to do is be inclusive, make this a Kansas City thing while it's still staying out in independence. And that makes sense. I mean, they, you know, they, they talked about, uh, and you remember this being a big soccer fan, Jason, that when, you know, when, when, when they had the name change and went to sporting, there were a lot of people. People weren't happy. That. Yeah, they hated it. And and now you wouldn't even think twice about it. I mean, all you do is hear the name sporting in Kansas City, and you know exactly what that is. And and I think that you associate that name um, with a very good brand mm-hmm. and a very popular brand. And so I I think that for, from their standpoint, to call up the Kansas City Mavericks, the KC Mavs, uh, does really well mm-hmm. from a branding standpoint around town, but also. I think just around the country. I mean, here's the thing, and you and you do a lot of traveling too. When you hear Kansas City or KC, I think one of the first things you think about is the Royals because of the amount of success that they had. You certainly think about the Chiefs. You think about great barbecue. When you hear the Missouri Mavericks, that's fine, but you don't know where that's from. You that's don't right. know exactly where that's that right. is. And you, you know, is it in Columbia? Is it in St. Louis? <laughs> is it, you know, where is it? If, if you even know where, um, you know where the geography of Missouri if you're from somewhere else. But you hear KC, you hear Kansas City, you know exactly what that is. We're talking to Joel Goldberg. We'll be right back on Grill Nation. Running down the street like your hair's on fire. Thoughts running fast like a man on a wire. Can't stop laughing but I don't know. Keep them going crazy though. TV and the radio been watching since a baby so I'm representing KC Mo. KC Mo. Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation, KMBZ 980 and on GrillNationShow.com. Appreciate listening as well on iTunes. We have Joel Goldberg with us via phone. He's in Kansas City. He hosts and reports all 150 Royals games on Fox Sports Kansas City. He's also the TV play-by-play voice of the Missouri Mavericks, which will now be known next year as the KC Mavericks, as well as the UMKC basketball announcer. He's also... uh, very involved in uh, in Kansas City. You see him out and about nowadays since he's been in town more. Uh, Joel, we need to have our uh, preseason luncheon at some point, uh, me and you, every sure. year. I know we haven't done that yet. I've been busy. You've been busy. But uh, for opening day, or maybe potentially before you start on your journey, we'll have to get together for lunch and catch up. But uh, you got a, you got a lot on your plate right now. Uh, but Royals baseball is coming up. One thing I wanted to mention briefly is the WBC has been going on. What, what are your thoughts about that? I know that internationally it's becoming a pretty big deal. Maybe not caught on as well in the U.S. because we care more about our club teams. But um, what are your thoughts so far on how that's going? Minus well, the Salvi injury. Yeah, I mean, you know, the whole Salvi thing, really, it, it, it doesn't bother me a whole lot beyond the fact that anytime he gets injured would concern me like anybody else. But I, I really do subscribe to the theory that that you could keep these guys from playing in the WBC and have no greater guarantee about their health. I mean, what happened to him could have happened in the spring training game, and it might not have been Drew Butera. It might have been somebody else. And by the way, for anybody on social media or wherever this stuff was starting that that actually was into a conspiracy theory that Butera (laughs) did that intentionally, shame on you. Um, Right. If you were just joking and it was tongue-in-cheek, which is hard sometimes to read on social media or to, to gauge, then okay, um, maybe that's funny. I'm not so sure. But um, if you if you thought that at all, then you don't know Drew, and, and you really probably don't know very many athletes. Um, so that that's really silly and stupid. But, um, I, I you know, I, I don't 
as a fan, it, it's kind of fun to turn on a game. I mean, I'm not incredibly invested, but it's fun to it's fun to watch a little bit of a higher level of baseball. I mean, to watch Danny Duffy, um, you know, in the, the last game of the first round, just shoving against Canada was a lot of fun um, because that meant more than you know facing some guys in a random spring training game. Guys know how to take care of themselves. They can't protect themselves from injury um, in their workouts, let alone you know a, a game any more than, than anybody else. So that, that's just part of it. Uh, I don't know that we really care a whole heck of a lot. I mean, if you look at the crowd in the first round for the USA-Canada game in Miami, in the United States, it wasn't that full. But the night before, United States and Dominican Republic, it was packed. So mm-hmm. I don't know that they need to sell baseball in the Dominican Republic any more than is already there. But I think it's a good thing um, for people from the DR, from Venezuela. But I think more importantly, as you try to grow this game, uh, and, and certainly – uh, they need to try to grow this game better in the United States and, and not lose kids to, you know, to basketball and, and to football and, and to soccer, or at least try to get the best kids you can to, to go out for baseball, whether it be kids in the suburbs or kids in the inner city. But I, I think that it's, it's not a bad thing to be able to grow this sport in the Netherlands and grow the sport in China and, and grow the sport maybe now in Israel and, and Italy and places like that. And, and I mean, the Royals already, you know, the Royals have a kid in their minor leagues that they, that they got out of Italy. So, I don't think it's ever bad to, to, to try to grow your sport and to grow your product, just like basketball has done and, uh, and other sports have tried to do. I did, there's not a great time to do this thing. That, that's mm-hmm. the biggest challenge. Same thing with soccer, too, though, with, with international competitions yeah. in the middle of the season. It's the same kind of deal. But you're right, but it's, it's pretty cool to see the uh, Royals players in their home country's jerseys. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Joel Goldberg. Joel, so Royal season, April 3rd, it begins. Uh, what are your expectations? I mean, what are I don't feel as if it just feels a little different to me this year, this off season. I know this is kind of the big year. This is 2017, but I don't, I don't really have that same feeling maybe that I had in 2016. Maybe I just haven't been as invested in it yet because you know we've got March Madness going on. We have Mavs hockey. We have all these different things happen. I think when opening day gets here, it kind of hits you that it is Royal season. Yeah, you, I mean, I, I don't know, Jason. You're, you're a little bit different in that standpoint than others because most people that I have talked to uh, are. are just gung-ho excited and kind of have been chomping at the bit since November or December. You may be more like me, like, okay, I'll be ready when it's time. Uh, and, you know, we all go about that. I mean, mine's more of a, a work-related type of approach. But I, I, I think that, uh, I don't. by the way, I don't buy the whole March Madness thing because we had March Madness last year and the year before. And yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. I guess what I should have said is, is it seems to me, you know, once the free agency's over with, I get really into the hot stove. And, and all the movement, I'm totally into that. But once there's not many battles going on in camp, maybe there is a, that I don't know about. Yeah. But but it just I we know who the team is, we know who the guys are. Uh, you know, let's just play some ball. Spring training well, is not as interesting to me. I mean, I, I think there's something to that, just in the sense that I, I think we have an idea of what this team is. And you know, last year it was sort of the trying to repeat. And the year before, it was trying to get over the hump and get to the World Series, mm-hmm. and and so maybe that's it. it, it it's it's um, you know, it, we're, we're, it's not a repeat. We're not looking at all of that, but we, we we have high expectations for this team, and you know, let's 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 get going. And when it's time to start, uh, we'll be ready. Maybe 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 that's a little bit of the mindset. I I just think that this team is, and this might be it too. I mean, this team on paper isn't necessarily you know, the, the the big name or sexy or anything like that. None of the moves they made are like, wow, but all the moves they made were good. 
and you know they they I, I think that they have a better team on paper than they did last year, and then if they stay healthy, they really have a lot better of a team. But it's not like, but then again, in some ways, this team really isn't all that different than the last three or four years worth of teams. They don't have that bona fide superstar, but they still have that very workmanlike effort going about their business the right way, defense-oriented. The the, the, um, um, the dynamic of the team has changed a little bit in the sense that, that they've got more pop. There's definitely more power on this team, and so that'll be interesting for a team that um, didn't have a lot of big boppers before. But I, what I like most, and people ask all the time, how do they look in spring training? And my truthful answer is, I don't know. They're playing catch and they're taking batting practice. I mean, I, I, you know, and they're working on things in the game. It's, I don't, if you're not really wanting to look at stats, and I'm not, uh, except for maybe a guy that's fighting to make the team, then, you know, it's hard to tell how they look. I don't care about wins and losses. But what I can tell you is that the new players that they brought in, and I'm always interested in that, really fit the same kind of character mold as the, you know, the Hosmers and the Salvies and the, um, you know, the Gordos and all of that, meaning that they're one quality people, two, they're talented, and three, they like to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and everybody they brought in from Brandon Moss, who's a big character, to Jason Hamill, who's got some good character, to, to Travis Wood, Jorge Soler, um, none of those guys are going to come in there and be me, me, me type of guys. They're fitting in. And the cool thing about, about some of these veterans like Hamill and, um, and Wood and, and Moss is that they want to be here. They, they, they could have gone other places. That's the fascinating thing to me, that six, seven years ago, eight years ago, those guys weren't coming here because all things equal, there's no way that Kansas City was winning in the tiebreaker. You were going to have to way overspend to convince someone to come here. Now, all things equal, even money or close to it, shoot, I want to come to Kansas City because they win there, their fans are good, the stadium is full, it's an easy media town to play in. It's an easy location as far as being in the middle of the country. And so now we're winning out on all those tiebreakers. And for them at the, you know, uh, in free agency to be able to go out there and, and, and get the two best available pitchers after Jordano's tragic death, uh, they never went out and got the best anything before because they couldn't mm-hmm. win those battles. That is exciting news. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. It's just, uh, you know, We've got to get the team figured out, but I think they had a good shot this year. I really do. Uh, I do too. Wild card or the division, to be honest with you. I think it's yeah, all in play. I think the expectation has to be playoffs, and it doesn't really matter how you get in. Um, we do know this, that any time that, that, that the experts automatically crown a champion already, which they everybody seems to have crowned the Indians AL Central champs before the season started, um, you know, they do that without full knowledge of health and injuries already. Jason Kipnis looks like he's going to miss the start of the season. Uh, everybody had, had crowned the Red Sox AL East champs when they, you know, went out there and, um, and got Chris Sale because, hey, you got Chris Sale and David Price. Now it looks like David Price is going to start the year injured. So, you know, the landscape can change at any moment, um, and, and it's how you handle those type of things. And to the Indians' credit, they, they dealt with big-time injuries like Michael Brantley last year and pitching injuries late in the season, and they, they dealt with it. Um, but but that that's the crazy thing about predictions. We're predicting based on a lot of things that don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We got about a minute thirty left in this segment. Joel uh, Joel Goldberg, Fox Sports Kansas City, with us. Just a great guest. We love to have him on the air. Um, Wisconsin Badgers. I uh, I took them against Michigan, and they didn't they didn't win. Uh, what are your predictions for your alma mater in the tournament? Are they going to win the first round game? 
50-50. I mean, they, they, <laughs> they, are so, they are so maddening this year, and they they have great talent. I, I think that their, their top three players can match up against anyone in the country, and for the basically all of February, they – I, I'm not, I'm not sure that they could have beat any Division One team. They were that bad, um, <laughs> and so extremely frustrating. Then they come back in the Big Ten tournament last week, and they're just steamrolling. I mean, they lost at home to Northwestern, and they just crushed them. Yeah, right. On neutral ground, and then they lay the egg against Michigan. So I, I don't know. I, they, they've got one of the best sophomores in the country. They've got two brilliant seniors who have been either hurt or disappeared all year. Um, it, it, I, I'm. They're they're frustrating, but I love them. Well, I'm picking them in that first round game just because yeah, of you good, good and uh, because I think they're solid come tournament time. Um, I'm not. That's about as far as I think they're going to get. I I think Michigan though. I I don't know what it is about Michigan, but I've been watching them pretty much the whole half of the last half of the season, and I think they're going to win a few games. I, I'm I'm going crazy on the Big Ten, I guess a little bit, but uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Joel Goldberg, Fox Sports Kansas City. He's on Twitter at Goldberg KC. A great follow if you are a sports fan and just a great you know Kansas City follow as well. Thanks for coming on the show today, Joel. Check back in with you uh, after the season gets started. Here, I'm excited about Royals baseball. Thanks, Jason. I'm jealous now. Your next segment because dogs always trump baseball. Yes, they do. We're, we're excited about having Casey Pet Project on. Joel Gilbert, thanks, thanks for, for the coming on the show. We'll see you again soon. And uh, we'll be right back on Grill Nation. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. I just want to chill, got a sack for us to roll. Married to the money, introduced her to my stove. Showed her how to whip and now she remakes it for low. She my track queen, let her hit the bando. We be counting up. Hey, welcome to Grill Nation. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on KMBZ 980 AM on, and on GrillNationShow.com as well as uh, thanks for joining us via podcast on iTunes this afternoon and today or however you're listening. Uh, please connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. I'm also available on all of their social media handles to search for Jason Grill. Uh, really excited about our next guest today. Appreciate her coming into the studio today. Uh, Tori Fugate is the, let me make sure I have your title right here, Tori, uh, Director of Marketing and Development at KC Pet Project. And they do a lot of great things here in Kansas City. I wanted to have her on, one, to talk about my dog and to get some feedback from her. And also to talk about what the what uh, what's going on at KC Pet Project. They're always involved and so many different things, and um, they have a <clears throat> an interesting thing coming up here soon about an animal shelter that we'll talk about, a big campaign. But also want to just kind of talk about the basics of what KC Pet Project does and, and about how, all the different things they do here in Kansas City and the region and, and how many uh, animals they serve. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's Great to have to you here. on. Uh, so take us through, you've been there for a while now, KC Pet Project. Five years this month, actually. So okay. it's been... Long time working Good. out, working out of a uh, interesting dynamics there, right? Uh huh. We're making it work as much as we can with the current facility that we're working out of. Tell me about that. So we took over operations of the Kansas City, Missouri Animal Shelter in 2012. Um, historically, the Kansas City, Missouri Shelter was not a wonderful place for mm-hmm. animals to go to. Um, it was considered a very high kill facility in the nation. Um, about 70 percent of the animals that were going into the shelter weren't leaving the shelter as early as 2008. So um, the city at one point um, said, we want a nonprofit to run it. They opened it up for a bid. 
nobody bid on it. They A lot of people considered it too hard. Um, the facility was built in the 70s, too outdated, too small, and no life-saving could really happen there. So when nobody bid on it, our group um, was formed specifically to take over operations of the shelter, and we were formed as a company in late 2011 and took over January 1st, 2012. And that is over, the current animal shelter is over by the stadiums. Right. It's right by Arrowhead and Kauffman Stadiums. Um, It kind of sits off the road. It's on Raytown Road, but we're the Kansas City shelter, so it's a little confusing for people, but Mm -hmm. we are the city shelter for Kansas City, Missouri, taking in all of your stray pets, um, all of the abandoned pets, injured, ill, and even um, owner-surrendered pets for Kansas City all come to us. Mm-hmm. And if you've gone to an Arrowhead, uh, you've definitely driven by. You have and driven I by. And I never it. noticed it until I got to know you all. Yep. I never, never, never looked that way. I used to work at Arrowhead, and I had no idea that there was an animal <laughs> shelter that had been there for a long time. So. so how many animals do you guys see come in on a weekly basis? Well, on a weekly basis, actually on a daily basis, we take in around 30 animals a day. 30 so animals a day. It's a lot. Um, and some many, days that's just incredible to me. Yeah. Some days are more, some days are less, but you have to imagine what if 30 animals arrived at your doorstep today, what would you do and how would you move them to a new home or try to get them back to their homes? Um, and you, you know, think one day that seems exhausting. Well, then the next day there's 30 coming in and then the next day. So, um, we get around 10,000 animals a year that come into All our kinds. shelter. All, All kinds. kinds. Mostly just dogs, dogs and cats. And cats. Um, we take in about 6,000 dogs, 3,500 cats. And then the rest are other pets. So we uh, have chickens and occasionally a goat comes in and a pig and some exotics. We take in a lot of rabbits lately to um, pet really? rats. Everything except for <laughs> large hooved animals come into the shelter. Wow. And how many how many are reconnected with their owners? We that's curious to me because, you know, you see a lot of do- not a lot, but in some part of parts of the city there are abandoned dogs. Yeah, there's more than around. others in certain parts of the yeah. city. So we're reuniting around 1200 pets with their owners. Um throughout What's the, the best year. process for that? So if I if I'm driving down the street and I see a dog running around and it obviously is been outside for quite a while, you know, in the winter time. Absolutely. If you are a Kansas City, Missouri resident, you have a couple options. One, you can pick up that animal and bring it to the shelter. Um, it's a $20 drop-off fee that, I, that helps us cover their intakes, their vaccinations, and um, just the general overall care. Mm-hmm. That is a city-mandated fee, and it's, you know, $20 that just helps us care for that pet. Or you can call Animal Control, that's the 311 action line, and report the missing animal um, if you have it in your care or if you see a stray animal wandering, you can call animal control and they can go and check on that animal. Mm-hmm. You know, I always wonder if sometimes pets get away, right? Mm-hmm. And parent, and, and I always wonder about that family that might have lost their pet. And so that's hopeful that if they have, that they can, you know, get connected again to yeah. them. Now, yeah. more times than not, it's, it's not that situation, right? Right. <laughs> your pet's got to be wearing a tag. Um, yeah. I see more dogs and cats come in with collars on with no tag and they're not microchipped. So it's like, you know, why do you have a collar on if there's no tag and there's no way to identify it? So that makes it really that much harder for us to reunite a pet with their owner. Um, we hold them for five days uh, for the owner to come in and reclaim them. And once that fifth day is up, they're either put up for adoption or, um, you know, we transfer a lot to rescue groups all over the country. Um, so there's a lot of, of options. So, for us. And and it's really exciting. And how many people are at the KC Pet Project? You have a lot of volunteers, right? We have a lot of <laughs> volunteers. We have a wonderful army of volunteers and fosters who help us care for our pets um, at all of our locations. Um, and we have around 100 paid staff between Mm -hmm. all of our, um, adoption centers. We have three adoption centers in the Kansas city Metro area. 
Um, we have our main shelter, of course, and then one up by Zona Rosa. Um, it's a an adoption center that houses about 60 to 70 pets at any given time, and it's open seven days a week. And then our Petco Adoption Center at the 95th and Quivera Petco Store in Overland Park. I did not know that. Yep. So we have two other places that you can go at any time and adopt a pet, and we actually partner with um, five additional Petco stores in the metro area to adopt out cats. So we have eight locations now that you can adopt a Casey Pet Project animal. So all over town, and they're all on our website um, if you're interested in any yeah, of those Yeah, what is the website? kcpetproject.org is our website. You can see all of our adoptable pets. We also have a mobile app for iPhone and Android that is free, and people can download it and see our pets at any given time if you love scrolling through and looking at all the cute pets we have available for adoption. Tori Fugate, Director of Marketing and Development at KC Pet Project, is our guest. Um, okay, so I've went through the process. Mm-hmm. I have. I've gotten a puppy from you all. Mm-hmm. Met him at the uh, press conference. You got a famous puppy. I got a famous puppy. He yes. is. Uh, he's big now. He's bigger, I guess. He weighed about 20, weighs about 20 pounds now. Yeah. When I was, got him, he was about five. He was really cute. So. He was very cute. Mm-hmm. He He's a lot of energy. His name's Ralphie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've never had a dog before. Really? In my life. Uh, that I actually, you know, as a kid. And yeah. uh, girlfriend has a dog. And that's kind of why I wanted to get, adopt my own dog with her. Uh, but anyways, it has been a interesting experience. And they're buds. He, he, they are buds. But he's at month uh, nine, I think now. Mm-hmm. He, your your documentation said he was born in July, so I just made it July fourth. Right there you go. There. <laughs> that's, his, that's his birthday. But um, yeah, it's been interesting the whole potty training f- uh, days and the amount of energy a dog like him has. He's a mixed terrier mix, as you know. Right, Jack Russell and a bunch of other stuff. We did a DNA test. All ears, but um, ears for days. <laughs> yeah, he has major ears. Yes. But uh, he was kind of the. The show dog you had at the uh, Bark of the Park, and we did, which is now being utilized in their uh, ads. And I've asked the Royals for for royalties for him and his friends <laughs> for tickets because he that's that's one of the famous photos. But yeah, so I've I've actually gone through the process, and uh, you know it was really exciting, and everyone was really nice, and it wasn't that hard. I mean, we went through the proper protocols, filled out the paperwork. Did the background, paid the fees, had the vaccinations done, um, and uh, it's been fun. So, I mean, I can't imagine getting 30 of those animals a day. And a day just... in. Yeah, pets are a lot of uh, responsibility, but, you know, we we really make an effort, even though the pets can go home the same day whenever people come in to adopt. That's a wonderful thing that you don't see at um, a lot of shelters. More shelters are starting to do that now with same-day adoptions. Um, but we really sit down with an adopter and we go over their lifestyle um, you know, does the pet or do you have a backyard? Do you not have a backyard? Do you live in an apartment? Do you, um, you know, jog a lot? We're going to try to find the best fit for you and your family whenever you come in to adopt a Casey Pet Project. And, you know, we'll make um, suggestions if we know that a dog is really hyper and needs a lot of energy, maybe um, not the best for an apartment. Um, but we can I, I find you listened. a good fit. I should have listened on Ralphie then. <laughs> no, nah, he's, he's a good guy. Um, but yeah, so that's the greatest part about it is there is a lot of available dogs right. and cats and you can, you can find one that maybe fits your family. Now me, I remember walking away with that puppy thinking, Oh, the puppy's so cute, you know, and, and I maybe, maybe, maybe my first, first, uh, adoption should have been a, uh, a dog, yeah. not a puppy. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, it does, it does change your life. Uh, that's for sure with, you know, with timing because you got to take them out a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you're busy like we are, yep. you've got to figure all that out. Yep. And uh, I took him to daycare for the first time. I was sad. 
that was a, that was an interesting process. Well, but he survived. He survived. So, anyways, uh, it's a great organization. And what I want to talk to you about next, Tori, is um, you are working very hard on a campaign. We and are. so, give our listeners just a little elevator pitch about what's going on. Uh, we got about a minute left in this segment, and then in the final segment, we'll take a deeper dive into that. Okay. So on April fourth. Kansas City, Missouri residents are going to have the opportunity to vote on um, a geobond initiative that the city has put forth um, for questions one, two, and three. Um, question one being the roads, sidewalks, bridges. Question two being flood control. And question three is um, improvements to public buildings. That includes a new animal shelter for Kansas City, Missouri. I can't stress how critically needed this is for our pets that are living in Kansas City, Missouri, that are coming to our shelter, our current shelter is past its usable life and we are hoping you got that a trailer basically yep we have a trailer that we're working out of currently so um yeah we're gonna be uh voting on april 4th and we encourage all residents to do the same and there's a website set up um for that it's called raise the wolf kc.org correct raise the woof raise the woof um <laughs> that has been been a process you guys have been working on this a long time and uh it's getting close to to uh it's a D-Day here. you gotta, you got to vote and uh, get out there. And we'll go over that more uh, about why it's so important and, and what the actual campaign is doing uh, after the break. You're listening to Grill Nation. I turn the music up. I got my red clothes on. I shut the world outside until the lights come on. Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill on KMBZ 980 AM. And uh, appreciate you joining us as well on GrillNationShow.com. I'll post a photo of our guests today as well as all of our old podcasts are on that website. Also too, thanks for joining us on iTunes today if you're listening via iTunes podcast. Appreciate it. Uh, we've been talking to Tori Fugate who's with the KC Pet Project. She's Director of Marketing and Development. She does all their PR. She's uh, very active. With 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 everything going on, and um, just as very knowledgeable when it comes to everything animals and pets, and uh, just she knows everything. She's a, she's a good person to talk to. In the break, I just asked her about a harness, and she already has given me a company to purchase a good harness. There from. you go. So she's she's great. Um, okay, so raise the wolf. We we briefly mentioned it again. It's it's a campaign. It's for the Kansas City, Missouri Animal Shelter. Uh, question three coming up on April fourth. Uh, if you live in Kansas City, Missouri, you make sure you go out and vote on April 4th. Uh, it's very important for, for what you all are doing because, again, you see 30 animals a day coming into the shelter, uh, 10,000 a year a that lot. you serve. And you guys are working in a facility that's, uh, to be frank, is is, is cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. And so this is important. It is very important. For our uh, animals. I mean, four-legged friends, right? Absolutely. So the facility itself was built in 1972. It was actually, um, we recently learned, was a building that was built for um, construction equipment storage for building Arrowhead Stadium. So mm-hmm. it was never meant to be a sheltering facility. Once Arrowhead was built and that was done, they converted it into an animal shelter. Um, and it's had a couple of you know add-ons and stuff throughout the years. Nothing in the past 20 years, really. Um, the shelter itself, the 
dogs are all in one room together. It's very loud. It's very stressful. It's kind of the worst environment for an animal to have to come into, especially when they're already stressed. They've been running on the streets or they've gotten lost from their family. Um, Something has happened to them out in the community and then they come to us and we have to basically make them whole again in an Mm -hmm. environment that is less than ideal for them to come into. Our cats live in a former office space. Um, They used to be out with the dogs before Casey Pet Project. Now we have them in a quiet office space, but we don't have proper um, air circulation for any of the rooms that our animals are in, which in modern day shelters, you have a wonderful air circulation facility that will help cut down on stress, will help cut down on disease um, from animals getting sick from each other. They basically live just across from each other. They stare at each other all day and they bark and it's very, very stressful. Um, We do as much as we can every day to help Mm -hmm. the animals that are in our care. We do a lot of enrichment, either in kennel enrichment or getting them out on walks. We do playgroups with our dogs every day just because if we didn't do those things, they would just basically go crazy in the environment that they're in. And that makes them less adoptable um, and it you know, makes their length of stay longer at the shelter. Um, as early as 2008, the De- Missouri Department of Agriculture actually said they wrote a letter to the city suggesting that the city build a new animal shelter, that this one was basically past its usable mm-hmm. life. And so, uh, knock on wood, this gets approved on April 4th. Make sure you go out and vote again. Uh, $14 million would be a, a portion to that, and additional funds will be raised from a private sector, I know pay for construction of a new shelter that would go in Swope Park. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, The corner of Gregory and Elmwood in Swope Park. Um, It'd be right down the street from the zoo, right across the street from Lakeside Nature Center. So kind of where all of the um, animal-centric organizations are already located, um, we would be right there with them in Swope Park, which makes it better for residents as well. Um, We're not near any bus lines right now. We're Mm -hmm. kind of on the outskirts of the city. Very, very difficult to get to for some people. Um, You know, their pets get lost and they can't actually get to the shelter to get them back. Um, so there's a lot of um, benefits and perks about being in Swope Park. For one, it's beautiful. Um, there will be a lot of opportunities with walking dogs on trails and having um, a lot more visitors come to the shelter. We really want to make it um, a more welcoming environment for visitors that aren't just coming to adopt, but can also come there just for birthday parties or meetings. You know, we really want to make it a community Center area. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it will be. You'll emphasize the bond between humans and pets. Also, the current facility is 14,000 square feet. This wouldn't be proposed 60,000 square feet again. Uh, soundproofed, insulated, and again, this is Casey's only home and only shelter for KCMO's homeless pets. Right. We're the only shelter that takes in animals for Kansas City, Missouri, the lost and abandoned pets that animal control picks up, that citizens pick up and bring to us. Um, we are the only shelter for them, and currently that building um, is not the most welcoming place for your pet to come to. Um, so we really want to not only just increase our capacity for the animals coming in, we don't want to make it a bigger shelter just so we can take in more animals, but we want to make it a more efficient mm-hmm. facility Um, a more modern facility that looks more like the shelters that you're seeing that are built um, all around the country. We see um, places like Pittsburgh with their new municipal shelter, Denver. They have these wonderful, beautiful municipal shelters that a city can be proud of and that its residents can be proud of. And so that's why on April 4th, it's so critically important for people to go out and vote on April 4th, vote yes on question three, because we service all of Kansas City, Missouri. So if you live in the city and you have a pet, 
or even if you don't, you may have a pet someday, this mm-hmm. impacts you. And, so. and if you just want uh, animals to be taken care of Absolutely. properly and to have a good home. Yes. If you Especially want. Especially those that are abandoned, like my dog. I know. You know, so even I mean. Even as a puppy. Even as a puppy. And he, he has, I believe, two siblings, which I've never met them. So I'm, hopefully they have good homes now, too. They do. They, <laughs> they went to a wonderful home. So they were in foster for a time. Um, you know, With Morgan. Yes, because our shelter is, um, you know, puppies that come in that aren't vaccinated, that have no previous records of being vaccinated, they could get sick very, very quickly. So we move them out of the shelter as quick as we can. It's also very stressful for a little puppy to be in that overwhelming environment. They get a foster. They go to foster homes. And so that's why our fosters are so critically important. Um, But with this new shelter, there could be opportunities for us to actually house smaller animals and puppies on site. Um, but they would still most likely likely go to foster homes because those are always going to be critically important for us. Mm-hmm. They, they formed some habits with those foster parents, I noticed, uh, when I got Ralphie. Yes. He uh, was spoiled in certain ways. He was very, very spoiled, <laughs> and he got to go. I keep seeing his picture on Instagram of, like when he was a puppy, and I didn't even know. I knew people like with the Royals holding him, and I'm like, they met that dog before I did. They, they did, and we actually um, we do a lot of events throughout the community. Yes, We're you very, do. You, very just done, you did another event the other night. You've got, I noticed Danny Duffy has thrown his support behind... Uh, the Raise the Wolf campaign, too. Yes, we love Danny. Um, Sporting KC is also getting very involved with the campaign, and several players have urged residents to raise the wolf as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is really a huge community effort, and we could not do the work that we're doing in Kansas City without the community's help. Um, so we encourage you to go on our website at kcpetproject.org to see how you can get involved and see all the events that we have coming up, volunteer so opportunities. Um, and then the you raise, did a thing with Chipotle. I mean, you guys get did. so many things happening. Yeah, we raised twenty four thousand dollars in one day just by people going out and eating burritos for our pets. It was awesome. <laughs> what a is wonderful amazing. response! So. Amazing. And uh, bark at the park. We again. do bark at the park. We're it's doing in April that in. This year. Uh, yeah, we're doing. Um, that's the one with Wayside. So okay. we're doing the one in um, September. So go to all of them. Take your dog to all. So the how does that work? We got about a minute left. We had Joel <laughs> Goldberg from the Royals on earlier in the show. Um, I just show up there with Ralphie and hold him the whole game. How yeah, you work? just got to buy a ticket, take your dog to the game, and they can go hang out and watch Royals baseball. And you hardly, <laughs> it's like the cutest thing seeing all the dogs come in, and there's a lot of stuff for them to do prior to the game. Oh, is there? Vendors set up and things like that. So we're going to be doing uh, some extra events going on with Bark at the Park probably this year. We're working on some cool things. So watch our, watch our Facebook page too for updates about the campaign as well as our shelter. KCPetProject.org, um, just an amazing organization. Tori does a great job. Tori Fugate is with KC Pet Project, Director of Marketing and Development. And uh, make sure you go vote again on April 4th if you live in KCMO to vote for the new Animal Shelter Question 3. Vote yes. Uh, and also, just, you know, check it out sometime. Go down there and play with play with the pets. Uh, it's a great, great organization, just a really cool one. Tori, thanks for coming Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. We'll see you again next week. Take care. Have a good morning.